Welcome to the Venture Church Podcast of Venture Church in South Mississippi. Find out more about us at VentureChurch.org. Well, we want to welcome everybody today and to everybody that's tuned in online and to all of our people at all of our campuses. Man, welcome. It's just been an incredible morning so far, and I believe that God has something special in store uh, for the 1130. Um, And so here's the deal. If you've been with us for the past couple of weeks, you know that we've been in a series called Sincerely. And it's been so good walking through some of the New Testament letters that Paul wrote and Man, if you're a part of house churches, like we dive into it again on Wednesday night, and it's really good. There's a whole reading plan around it. And so just like church-wide, like we've all been leaned in together, reading the same stuff, studying the same things, and it's just been really, really good. And so today, we're looking at the letter that Paul wrote to Titus. It's the book of the Bible called Titus. And here's the thing, you probably haven't heard a whole lot of messages preached out of Titus. I mean, I'm just going to tell you, like you probably haven't heard a lot of those messages. But what I love about this is I think it's probably one of the most relatable, most practical books for where we are as a church and what God is doing in and through Venture Church. And so Titus, here's the deal. He was just an ordinary guy, just like me, just like you. But the amazing thing is God had an extraordinary call on his life. And maybe that's the message you need to hear today before we go any further is that God has a call on your life, regardless of your past, regardless of what you've done, regardless of the mistakes. Like, listen, we've all made our mistakes, but I'm here to tell you right out of the gate that God's not done working in your life, and he has something for you to be a part of. And the cool thing about Titus, get this, is that Titus, he put his faith in Jesus through Paul's ministry. And so then, like, Paul kind of took him under his wing and was, like, teaching him and raising him up to be, like, this world-class leader. And, and they traveled together to this island of Crete. And this island is, is it's like in the middle of the Mediterranean. I mean, who wouldn't want to go there? It's just beautiful. Uh, you probably heard some of the places that are next to it. I mean, let, let's just give it a shot, like Santorini, Greece. I mean, come on, the Mykonos Islands, like bucket list, hello, like take me there. But the island of Crete was so corrupt, like it was just, it was tragic. And and so they went there, and what did they do? They shared the gospel, they they developed pastors, and they launched house churches. (laughs) It's just amazing, and you think I'm like working you over, so you're probably thinking, well, that's exactly what we're doing. Well, congratulations, like this is the essence of this book. And so they traveled there together. And then Paul leaves, and he writes a letter to Titus as he's there. And here's the thing, is you know the tone of a conversation, it it determines everything. You know what I mean? You're having a conversation with someone, and the tone that they're having that conversation, like like it's a make or break. And so, fellas, let's just talk about it, let's think about it this way. Let's say your wife calls you, and you answer the phone, and you're like, hello. And your wife says, hey, you know, just calling to see when you're going to be home. I got dinner cooked. Just checking on you. And if that was the tone, you'd be thinking, hello, that's a dream. Praise the Lord. <laughs> and, but the same conversation, a different tone could sound like this. Where are you at? I mean, I got dinner on the stove. I, I thought you'd be here by now. And you see what I'm saying? Like tone is everything. And the more I like looked at this and kind of studied through this, looked at some of the folks that are like the scholars, you know what they, they said? I thought everything was falling. You know what they said the tone of this letter was? Urgency. They're saying like Paul was talking to Titus saying, hey, come on, Titus. Hey, there's work to be done. Like there's, there's a calling on your life. There's people to reach. Now it's time for you to rise up 
and, and to, to take the lead on this. And so it's a tone of urgency. And I remember um, like about a year ago, year and a half ago maybe, I get a phone call from my wife, Nicole. And have you ever heard someone whispering but yelling all at the same time? You know, it's just the weirdest thing. And so I get a phone call from her, and I'm like, hello. And she's like, Timmy, you got to hurry up and get here now. It's an emergency. And I'm thinking the worst. Like, guys are going to think the worst, like someone's breaking in the house. And I'm so, so I was like, okay, okay, I'm coming. I promise. I'm moving fast. I, I never move fast enough for her. Side note, thanks for the therapy. But, um, but I never really move. Like, I'm just like, all right, I'll, I'll get there. And, and so, and so I'm, I'm asking the question, like, well, what is it? She says, there's a snake outside the door, and it's looking at me. And I was like, all right, perspective. There's a snake outside. But then I was like, snake's outside. Where are you? She said, <laughs> she said, I'm standing on top of the counter. Where do you think I'm at? <laughs> and so to her, it was, there was no greater emergency. And the urgency that she had in her voice is kind of what Paul is telling us today. But it's not a frightened urgency like she had. It's just this, this level of urgency that there's work for us to do. And so the title today is, of the message is The Unfinished Task. How to live with urgency in a world of complacency. Did you catch it? How to live with urgency in a world of complacency where the world around us says that faith is practically ir irrelevant. So how do we, as the church, as the people of God, how do we live with urgency in the midst of this, this world? And so uh, we'll look at Titus, and we'll, the first verse kind of we're looking at is chapter 1, verse 5. And this is what it says. It says, the reason, and remember, Paul's writing to Titus, the reason I left you in Crete, because they traveled there together, Paul leaves Titus there and goes back and continues doing his work. So he writes a letter to Titus who's on this island. And he says, the reason I left you there in Crete was that you might put in order what was left unfinished. And so can we all say that together? Unfinished. So that you could put in order what was left unfinished and appoint elders, like develop pastors, and appoint elders in every town as I've directed you. And so how do we live with urgency in a world of complacency? First thing is this, is we have to see that there is an unfinished task. Like you, you and I have to see is that the work that God wants us to be a part of, like it's not done. There's still a task ahead of us. There's still a mission for you and I to be a part of. Like this is why we are here. And Paul's kind of writing with this tone of urgency. And, and what I love about Scripture is this. This is so cool. To, like, this is going to blow your mind. Is, is Scripture interprets Scripture. You know what I mean? Like, it, it all complements each other in this one beautiful story that we have, which is the absolute truth, like the only thing that we can stand on in 2020. And so Scripture interprets Scripture. So watch this. You know what, what uh, like, Paul's writing to Titus, and it's very similar to what Jesus has told us and his disciples at the Great Commission. They complement each other. And so if you're unfamiliar with the Great Commission, totally fine. Like basically the Great Commission is, is where Jesus, the death, like his ministry is, is over. His death, burial, resurrection has happened. And so Jesus is about to ascend into heaven. Like he's about to leave earth. And so he's passing the baton. You know, like in a relay race, one person finishes, passes the baton, the next person begins. This is the setting. 
of the Great Commission. This is kind of like the perspective of it, where Jesus is passing the baton to the disciples, to us, and he says this. He says, all authority on heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Hello. And, and, and baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And then teach them, like disciple them, to obey everything that I've commanded you. And what I love about Jesus is he ends this. As he's about to ascend into heaven, where we think like, oh, he's out of sight, out of mind. This is what he says. And surely I will be with you always and to the very end of the age. And so this is the ultimate mission. Like, this is, this is the overarching purpose. Like, if you've ever wondered, like, what is, what, what's life about? The overarching purpose for all of our life is to be a part of finishing the task, to be a part of the Great Commission, of taking the good news of the gospel to the ends of the earth and, and discipling folks, like, as we go through life. And, and here's the thing, in 2020, like, it's crazy, and we can all get a little squirrely, you know, in 2020, if we're not careful, you know what's going to happen? We don't think the commands of God are optional. <laughs> How about that? And they're not. But, but l- l- let me get back on track. Is, I want to put these two together for you. Titus, Great Commission. Here it is. It's so good. Is that Jesus is giving us the mission. Titus, he's given us the method. <laughs> so good. Like the, Jesus gives us the mission of what all of us are here for is to make disciples of all nations. Titus, and Paul's given Titus the method. How do we do that? We share God's word. We raise up pastors and we launch house churches. And the amazing thing is this, is that an unfinished task, guess what? It gives you an unshakable purpose. And so you can wake up every single day and you know that you can be a part of the bigger story, the story of God, because the task is not finished. The mission's not done. So you and I, we can wake up every day and have confidence that we can be a part of fulfilling our purpose here on planet Earth. And so how do we live with urgency in a world of complacency? First thing is we see the unfinished, unfinished task. The second thing is we get to launch house churches. And we get to be a part of launching house churches. And what I love is this, is that we're not just launching house churches, but what we're doing is we're launching out house church pastors. And so right now at all of our campuses, man, can we celebrate our house church pastors and the host and everybody that's a part of it? Man, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I believe that there's some people in the room today and tuned in online and at the other campuses that, that God's called you to be a part of this. To be for, for, you never know, like you might be the next house church pastor. But um, one of our goals and desires is to launch house churches in every single town, in every neighborhood that we possibly can. Because we believe in just the power of that. And just in September, we launched out, I think it was like 36 house churches and house church pastors. And then... Through the month of September, like everybody, like it was just like rolling, right? And then needs were coming out. And so we multiplied. And so now this Wednesday, we're launching out six more, six more house churches and six more house church pastors. Like it is just unreal all that God is doing. And so we see the unfinished task. We launch house churches. And the next one is this, is we have to feel the urgency to invest in house churches. Like you and I, like we have to feel the urgency. And when I say invest, I'm talking about like invest your life. Like it's not just part of the schedule, but no, no, no. It's like the DNA, like part of who you are. 
to invest your life into this house church and the people there. And y'all live life together. You pray for each other. And, and, and just think about this. I mean, could we all agree that the world that we live in is just a little bit crazy? Can I get an amen, somebody? Like, it is nuts. And in the next couple of weeks and months ahead, like, it's going to hit a whole new level of just, just crazy. And so my question is this. In a world that has lost its mind, how do we make it without losing our mind? Well, in a pre- I'm glad you asked, because like in a pressurized culture, you need to be surrounded by a passionate group of believers. And that happens inside of the context of a house church. Because here's the thing is, I don't know if you thought about this or not, but like, uh, you know, every single day when we wake up, like you're going to be molded to either be more like the culture or you're going to be molded to be more like Christ. Like every single day, like we're a work in progress. You know, we're, we're not stagnant. And so every day when we wake up, we're going to be molded to think more like the culture, to value what the culture values, to prioritize what the culture prioritizes, or we're going to be molded to think more like Christ and to value what he values and to be a part of what he values. And the number one factor in which direction we go is the community of people we surround ourselves with. I've said it before. You show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Like community is essential. And so we have to feel the urgency to invest our lives in house churches. And then the third thing that Paul is saying here to Titus is we have to feel the urgency to equip this next generation, to raise up this next generation. And it's all through uh, chapter 2 of the book of Titus. And so I want to read you a few verses here. And starting in verse 3 of chapter 2, where Paul says this, he he says, Likewise, teach the older women to be reverent in the way that they live, not to be slanders or addicted to too much wine, but to teach what is good. Here it is. Then they may urge the younger women, the next generation of women, to love their husbands and children and to be self-controlled and to be pure. Verse 6, it says, Also, encourage the young men, the next generation of men, to be self-controlled. And then he says, in everything, set them an example by doing what is good. And in your teaching, show integrity. Show the seriousness of what we're up against. And so here's the thing is, is I've been accused of, and it's totally fine, like everybody can have their opinions, of, of being over the top when it comes to talking about this next generation. And the more I thought about that, I was just like, am I or am I not? And really where I landed was this, was I don't know that I'm over the top as much as I don't know that we fully realize the magnitude of what we're up against and the responsibility that you and I have when it comes to raising up the next gen. I'm talking specifically Gen Z, Generation Z. Because you know what the, some perspective here, you know what the experts are saying out there right now? And this will help us feel the weight of it. The experts are saying this, that only, only 4% of, of your kids and teenagers, only 4% are going to grow up with a biblical worldview. Four out of 100 are going to grow up and be an evangelical Christian. 
They also say this, that Gen Z compared to uh, millennials, that there's double the amount in Gen Z that are saying that God is irrelevant, a.k.a. atheist. Like God is irrelevant. Double the amount of the generation before them. And so do we start to see the weight of what we're up against and the mag? Like this isn't a game. Like, we have to sense the urgency in this. These are experts all across the world. They're saying this. They say, you know, we're on the verge right now of seeing an entire generation flee the church. An entire generation. Think about it this way. Let's just say you're the CEO of a company. You're the big dog or woman. And, um, and so you're, you're the CEO of this company. And, and, and so the company just so happens to go bankrupt under your leadership. Well, newsflash, I mean, that's, that's on you, like you're the CEO. And likewise, man, if an entire generation flees the church, guess what? That's on us. This is on us. And so what I'm saying, I want you to hear loud and clear that, man, and I'm speaking on behalf of myself and the entire team here at Venture, is that that is not going to be the story and the legacy that Venture Church leaves No, no, we're going to do whatever it takes to raise up a generation of kids and teenagers to know, love, and follow Jesus. Is anybody with me? Like, this is what we're going to be a part of. And for someone that has worked with teenagers and kids, man, just for a long time, I'm telling you, I'm not crazy or over the top. Maybe I just have a pulse on what we're up against and what Paul's saying is we need to feel the weight of this. And we need to start equipping and raising up this next generation. Man, this is our privilege. It's not just our responsibility. This is our privilege to raise up a generation of students and kids to love Jesus and to say that he's the final authority over their life and to pursue him with all that they got regardless if it's popular or not. This is what we get to be a part of, and this is what we will be about. And so how do we live with urgency? This is kind of what what Paul is telling Titus, this next leader on the island of Crete. How do we live with urgency in a world of complacency? We have to see the task isn't complete yet. There's still work to be done. We have to launch house churches. We have to invest our life in house churches. And lastly is we have to to feel the urgency to equip and to train and to develop the next generation of people. And so in closing, I want us to kind of think about about it this way. And kind of help with a little bit of perspective and those type things is this. is uh, Question, how many folks um, are Saints fans? Who that? There we are. If you're not a Saints fan, it's okay. We're a church. We pray for folks. We'll be praying for you. So you're, you're a Saints fan, congratulations. And let's just say the scenario is the Saints are losing. Imagine that. All right, so Saints are losing. and <laughs> No comment, right? Saints are losing. Uh, you're losing by three. There's a minute left on the clock, 80 yards to go. So you're losing. You got 80 yards to go, and there's only a minute left on the clock. What type of play would you call? Would you want to run the ball? Probably, that's, that's when all the husbands, all the guys start screaming at the TV. Like, you don't run the ball then. All the women were like, uh-huh. So you don't run the ball. No, you don't throw the ball. Because, pay attention, because the time on the clock determines the play that you call. And then when there's 30 seconds left, guess what? There's a little bit more urgency. 
You know what I'm saying? Because why? The time on the clock determines the play that you call. And hello, church, can we just agree, like, it's fourth quarter. There's time on the clock, and the clock is ticking. And so we have to be the people that live with urgency in a world of complacency. And think about this. Just side note, this is free, by the way. We cannot expect to, to, to sit in complacency, to sit in complacency, yet at the same time stand in our calling. It, it doesn't work that way. we got to pick or choose. Well, what are we going to be about? And so this is our chance. Like the clock is ticking. And so for parents, grandparents, and it applies to marriage, it applies to college students, it applies to everybody. But let's just talk to parents real quick is this is, man, when your little baby girl or baby boy was born into this world, man, praise God for that gift. You know, like it was a miracle. He gave you the gift of the little boy, the little girl. But do you know what happened in that moment? The clock started ticking. Because in just a blink of an eye, before you know it, your little boy your little girl is going to be launched out at the age of 18 and you're launching them out into this world. And I know that you're still there and you're going to help guide and direct and steer and coach and those type things, but the reality is you're kind of launching them out. And so we have 18 years that happens just like this. That's about 216 months. And then, let's just say, your little girl, little boy, is now in ninth grade. Or sixth grade, sixth grade. Let's just take sixth grade. You don't have 100, 216 months. You have 84. And if they're in ninth grade, you got 48. You see, the time on the clock, it determines the play that you call. And we have an amazing opportunity before us to raise up a generation that love Jesus. And so I'm pleading. Yes, our world is a little bit chaotic. And our world does not value the things that the scripture is about. Like, I mean, that's not a newsflash to anybody. But what we get to be a part of is saying, no, 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 we value that. We value what Christ values. We want to be a part of this mission and this task. And when I say that, I know it's so easy for me. Like even when I was like working through all of this, getting it ready for today, like, man, it's so easy for me to think back on the past and think, man, I've missed it. I haven't been the husband or you, you haven't been the wife or the mom or the dad. It's so easy to think, man, what did I do with all of this time? Like, man, I haven't lived with the urgency and I've, I've, I've missed the mark and, and just stop all of that. Because listen, yes, the past is the past. Yes, we can't rewind the tape. Like I can't go back five minutes from now and reteach this. I can't. Like once it's done, it's done. But can I tell you the truth about God? Is he's more concerned about your future than your past. He's more concerned about with where you're going and what you're going to do than the things that we've done. Man, we're humans. We all make mistakes. But can I tell you what we can do in this moment? Is that we, as a church, as the people, man, we could fall on our knees before an almighty and gracious God. And we can say, God, would you please, God, in your grace, give me a fresh vision for the future. God, would you allow me to live with urgency and intentionality and purpose? from this day moving forward. And I'm telling you, when you fall on your knees before an almighty God, 
and you just say, God, would you use me to help be a part of the mission? I promise you, in his grace, a fresh wind is going to come into your life. And every day, today and tomorrow and the next day, you can start living with urgency, with your eyes fixed on the task ahead. And we can be a part of what God has put us here for. And the good news is, is when he comes to get us, hallelujah. But until then, you have purpose. And there's a reason for your existence. So let us as the church live with urgency in a world of complacency. Let's pray. God, we love you. And God, we thank you for just today. God, we thank you for your scripture. God, we thank you for for Paul who pioneered the way 2,000 years ago and was raising up Titus to to be this next world-class pastor that was going to pastor all the churches on the island of Crete. So God, we thank you for that. And God, I pray for our people today that's, that's here, that's all of our campuses, that's tuned in online. God, that you would just, just send your spirit in a fresh new way. God, to wake us up to, so that we could see the, 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 the opportunity we have to live with urgency, regardless of if it's popular or not. But God, that we would be a part of finishing the task that you have given us. And the opportunity that we have to, to launch house churches, to invest in house churches, to raise up a generation to know, love, and follow you. And God, thank you for the truth and a simple perspective that the time on the clock determines the play that we call. And our time is now. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said. Thank you for joining us for the Venture Church Podcast. To find a campus near you, check out VentureChurch.org.